Hello and welcome to the Lead Your Way podcast. Each episode, podcast creator and host Kimberly Wicker teams up with a special guest to share their stories and to celebrate our various strengths as leaders. We hope these warm, engaging conversations will help professionals tap into their unique communication styles and personalities to lead and succeed. Kimberly Wicker is a licensed social worker who has spent close to 20 years providing communications, outreach, and development support in the nonprofit space. Particularly, she has advocated for young people's health and well-being via reproductive health education programs. Don't forget to subscribe and get more information at leadyourwayconsulting.org. Hello, I am Kimberly Wicker, and in this episode of Lead Your Way, I'm pleased to welcome Lorna Little, President and CEO of St. Anne's in Los Angeles, California. Lorna is a licensed clinical social worker and previously served as Executive Director of St. Agnes Family Center in West Hartford, Connecticut for 13 years. She established new partnerships for the 103-year-old organization, increased public and private revenue, and led its transition from a housing program for mothers and babies into a comprehensive agency providing self-sufficiency and empowerment to young women. Little is a community activist and cultural diversity trainer. She's the author of Mom's the Word, her personal story of late discovery adoption. She's also a seasoned media producer and television personality previously hosting her own local television show with national guests and celebrities, including Gail King and LL Cool J. Her background mills an interesting mix of social services and media entertainment. Lauren's journal, journey as a social worker and creative communicator has inspired me as a professional, and I'm excited to have her share that journey with you. Each episode, we're going to chat with our guests using the LEAD outline, an acronym that reflects how we look inside empathize, advocate, and demonstrate leadership in our own special ways. My guests are colleagues, friends, and professionals from diverse disciplines representing all types of industries across the country. And Lorna is my first guest, and I'm so pleased to have her. We've known each other for a few years. She did a conference um, in South Carolina for us a few years ago. And again, I have been just really impressed with her creativity and uh, willingness to step outside of the box when it comes to professionalism and working with young people. So Lorna, Thank welcome. You. How are you welcome. today? Thank you. I am honored to be your first guest on your podcast. And, you know, um, it was an amazing connection meeting you in South Carolina, um, being the keynote for your um, conference. And so I'm honored to be able to be here and continue the conversation. Well, thank you so much for um, being my first guest and for taking time to start these, what I call warm, honest, open conversations about how we communicate and lead in our own ways. And I first want to give you the opportunity to tell us even more about your background and how you got to your role today, because I invited you here because of the creativity and the broad scope of skill sets you bring to the table. Well, thank you. Um... You know, it's interesting because my background covers social and human services, as well as, you know, aspects of media and television production, which, you know, I've always had an interest in uh, services that support and assist people to live their best life experience. And, you know, wanting people to feel like in the middle of, you know, challenges or obstacles that there's hope. 
and whether it was working in um, social services and in programming and leadership, or when I did uh, Lorna's Corner, the television program, each episode, each time I had um, opportunities to meet with people, when I led organizations, and before I was even a, a, an official leader, my goal was always to help people see the bright side, to help them navigate the experiences and challenges so that they can get to the next level and whatever that next level is for them. You know, my professional experience and education and passion um, led me to this space of leadership. And so I um, have remained open to new ideas, new opportunities, and really seeing how, um, you know, my background, my faith, my belief led me through all the different things that I've done. And so the journey has been one that has kind of gone back and forth in a sense of, you know, touching on all the different skill sets and experiences in the social services arena, utilizing, you know, the speaking engagements, utilizing all those different things to help me to come to a place where now, you know, people say to me, you know, you've had an opportunity to do public speaking, you know, empowerment, you've written a book, you've done television, you've led um, organizations working with youth in foster care, you know, how do you bring it all together? And at the end of the day, I say it's all about trying to help people get to the pace, their place in life where they feel they're at that best space, that optimal living, and be able to leave a legacy um, in based on the work that I've done over the years. So I'm just thankful for all the opportunities and how they all come together. That's awesome. And I really like the fact that you're talking about how that really helps to um, provide a space for other people to be their best selves. And um, I really want to know a little bit more about how you use professional development and feedback to guide your journey, because um, I do want to talk more about how you got um, into the media part and into some of the production and, and the okay. entertainment side of it all. So how did your professional development and that feedback um, help you? And were you ever told that you needed to follow a certain path because of your degree or your personality? Well, it is interesting, you know, professional development. For me, um, you know, there's so many paths to that development and, and some of it happened organically in my life. Um, but I do realize how I was inspired or driven to take advantage of um, the opportunities that came my way, whether it's the, the training, the education, even going to different um, trainings and workshops. Sometimes people will overlook that and say, well, that's not directly in my sphere of work, or this is not in the area that I'm interested in, but you need to take advantage of those um, when people give you those opportunities, because sometimes it's not only learning what you do like, sometimes it's learning what you don't like. And so um, that's important. But in terms of the media piece, I've always had two loves. I've loved the psychological, social services, helping human services, but I've also interest, I've always been interested in media and television communication. And that came about from an experience that I had as a young person. Um, it was a work program and they used to call it CETA and now it's, um, you know, they have different names for the jobs program uh, with workforce development for young people, um, summer youth employment and all these other programs. But I actually had a job as a 14 year old where I had an opportunity to make money 
um, hosting a television program and being behind the scenes of producing. And although at that moment when I was 14, it was just a position, a job, that little, little bug and a fire inside of me that never left. So although I've professionally pursued the social services side um, more intently, that never left me. And so that guided my work with getting into and producing and creating my own local television show while I was still pursuing the social services realm. That's great insight. And it, it always goes to show that um, we never should take for granted any of the experiences that we have along the way because they really can inform um, the future for us. Um, and yes. so I really do want to talk with my guests also, and you've already alluded to this a little, but using Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, as inspiration, um, tell us what's your why. Well, for me, you know, the why, it's funny that you even say that because in my current profession as the CEO and president of St. Anne's, they will tell you that I'm always talking about why do, why are we doing this? Why are we making decisions? Why are we moving in the direction that we're doing whatever it is we do? And so for me, my why is that I've always wanted to live my purpose, to lead, you know, create and sustain systems that reduce barriers you know, provide opportunities and create a structure that changes the life trajectory of those who have faced obstacles. You know, sometimes people don't know the the goal that they want to reach. Sometimes it's about identifying a goal and getting the support for that. And sometimes it's about reaching your life goal. So for me, my why is my purpose um, in terms of wanting to make sure I create and lead those systems to make sure that people can access those opportunities and whatever needs to happen to break down those barriers and allow people to reach those life goals and it's different for every single person and you know the why for me is i know i want to leave a legacy that's passed on to the next generation of leaders that's awesome and so we've looked at the l and talked about looking inside and thinking about our personal journeys and how we get to places along the way i now want to look a little bit at the e and that's the empathy and i'd like for you to share with the audience about your experience with empathy and how it impacts relationships in the workplace well i, I really think it's important to be an empathetic leader i think it's extremely important to be able to think about your space and your work prior to being a leader. What it, was it like for you to be an employee in whatever environment you were in um, so that you can be mindful of those experiences and think about that as you're leading. I also think that it's important that, you know, for me, empathy means caring about your staff and the people who are in your programs or whatever environment that you're working in, you have to be able to think about what those individuals um, are experiencing or going through or have experienced. And when you make those decisions, you need to be conscious of that. My motto is high support and high accountability go hand in hand. You support people, you hold them accountable, and you have to give that equal high support and high accountability. You can't have you know, a situation where you expect a lot from people, but then you don't support them or you give them the support without the accountability in business and any type of business that doesn't work very well. So I believe in being that empathetic leader. 
And that's great. And that really does give insight into how you can find that right balance and the boundaries mm -hmm. that are needed to mm -hmm. um, make good decisions and, and be productive, but at the same time, understand that we have to meet people where they are and be able exactly. to support them getting to the next level. So that's yeah. really great insight. I appreciate that. Um, and now we're down to the advocate, the advocating from the A, you know, how do you, you advocate for yourself and others throughout your career? Well, it's interesting because I think, you know, especially as a, a, a leader that is a woman, you know, we have to be comfortable knowing that we're doing the best we can and we're bringing our A game to the table. You know, you're talking about A for advocate, but we need to be able to say, you know, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is the skill set. And say that with a level of confidence. You know, we've often been raised and I have to, you know, that we are not people who brag and we shouldn't be bragging. And that's not what I'm talking about. But we have to know what we know and be able to stand up and say, look, I want to have a seat at this table. I deserve a seat at this table and be able to share why. I've had to advocate for myself in many levels. Um, as a woman who, you know, as a black woman who sat at many um, scenarios and communications um with individuals sometimes people underestimate what you bring to the table and i've had to make sure that my actions and my words clarify that i am qualified that i am here and that i am the person for not only this job but for other experiences i've always been a person who advocates for others i've stood up for and on behalf of individuals who are underserved and have been marginalized and I've always been that kid, even as a young girl, you know, if someone's being treated unfairly, I was the one that would speak up, whether it be to the teacher or whoever was involved. So I believe we can't just worry about ourselves. We have to speak up on behalf of communities and make our voice heard. And that's great, um, great information, because I think the key word from there that I got was that confidence and that being able to be comfortable in your own skin, you know, regardless of what personality or um, culture or where you're from, being yeah. able to sit at that table and get your point across and be able to work across mm -hmm. um, different perspectives. So that's mm -hmm. really helpful, especially I know for maybe some young professionals that are going to be listening about what that confidence and what it takes to get to that level over time. So that's great advice. Um, finally, we want to talk about demonstrating. Um, again, this podcast is to make sure that everyone knows what they bring to the table, but we also have to produce and we have to be accountable and we have to make sure that stuff is accomplished along the way. Um, you've already demonstrated your leadership strategy through your story today and, and through all of your insight, but talk to the audience about what makes it true what it means to truly lead your way, including the ups and downs that come with boldly walking in your truth professionally. Well, I think that, you know, for me, what I believe um, has been, you know, unique to my journey is always feeling that I am always going to be authentic, always knowing and believing that I'm going to walk and lead from a place of truth. I know that, you know, sometimes people want to kind of hide parts of themselves. And I'm not talking about sharing, you know, things that are private, but I mean about being really who you are. My journey, those ups and downs, you know, I, you talk about me having a book, Mom's the Word. You know, that's a, a memoir um, that shares my story about 
adoption, finding out, you know, later in life that I was adopted, unknown adoption. But the reason I told that story is so that people can have an understanding of my journey, but see how it also relates back to the work that I do. I'm an authentic leader because I'm going to show you the ups and the downs and show you how that led me to the place of where I am today and how that has allowed me to be an effective and efficient leader. I think authenticity, transparency, and helping people gain from your experience is a part of you know, demonstrating that leadership and showing how you do it in your way. Um, if you really want the best for each staff member, each client, you know, whoever you're working with the program participants, I need to, you know, feel confident that they know that my actions and my strategic initiatives are working toward a goal of helping them be their best. But leadership is demonstrated to me when it's authentic, when it's true, when it's um, skilled. I mean, you, you don't want to be authentic and honest and don't have the skills to, to do the job because like you said, productivity at the end of the day is the expectation of meeting the mission of whatever organization you work for um, and work towards. But I really do believe if you are who you are, you bring all of yourself to the table, you are able to commit and truly um, enjoy the work you do. That's the other part. You know, don't go into an arena where you don't really want to be there and you're only there for the financial gain. Of course, everyone needs to work and, and needs to make a living. But I know for me, it's always been about how can I make an impact? How can I make a difference? How can I lead and provide guidance and support that will make the lives of those who I'm working with improve their life? And when I say improve, not that I have the complete control over that, but how can I make sure that systems and barriers are out of their way so that they can soar? Great. And um, I know that, again, we reached out to you because of this interesting mix of the social services and the human mm -hmm. services and mm -hmm. the entertainment and the media mm -hmm. and the, the ability to, to tell stories. Um, talk a little bit about how all of those influences and that intersection of all those different experiences um, has really helped you to be effective because you really do have an important mission with the young people and the young families that you yeah. work with. So yeah, you know, I am currently uh, leading an organization where we have over 600 uh, children and families in our early Head Start and Head Start programs. We have housing for uh, youth in foster care who are in our um, short-term residential therapeutic program. We have transitional housing, um, in, in actually, people, young people who have transitioned from one part of the program to the next, and then some come in directly. And then we have permanent supportive housing, a brand new uh, facility where we have 39 individuals who are living in this amazing, um, beautiful apartment. And in order to lead um, an organization that has an operating budget of, of, of you know, $28 million, um, you have to be effective. You have to know how to talk to people. You have boards. That's one of the things I would say to anyone that's listening. You know, people don't know a lot about relationships with your board members and working with a board. But if you're going to be uh, a CEO or a leader, you're going to have to know how to deal with all types of people 
um, know how to speak with people in a way that you're able to show them the work that you're trying to do. You have to be able to be comfortable with having conversations, sometimes disagreements, and not in a negative way, but sometimes you have a difference of opinion. They're still technically um, your, um, you know, senior in terms of your boss or board. You know, it's like having 28 uh, um, people that are helping to guide in governance of your organization. But being able to talk with anybody, let me tell you how the media um, side of it helped that. I've sat down and talked with, you know, so many people, Ruby D, Ozzy Davis. I've talked with many, many celebrities who are top of their game, whether it's P. Diddy and, um, you know, people called him Puffy then and had the blessings of talking with some brilliant people, Michael Eric Dyson, you know, LL Cool J, a lot of different great people. But being able to sit and have conversation with Chuck D and all of these individuals and feeling comfortable and feeling confident gave me experience in another arena that makes me feel very comfortable and confident talking with mayors, governors, politicians, and other people. When you have the level of comfort and ability to deal with people in business, because that was still business, even though it was media entertainment, you know, Queen Latifah and all of those individuals, you can talk to anybody anywhere and feel confident in what you have to say and what you bring to the table. So sometimes we look at different realms and different fields and don't realize how those skill sets can cross into other arenas. So all those experiences, the trainings that I did in social services led me to feel confident and comfortable in getting up and being able to speak in front of hundreds of individuals to do a training or to do a workshop or to do an empowerment session. All of your skills that you gather and things that you like and don't like prepares you for that next level. So I really do believe that, you know, as I said, you know, early on, I wanted to do a show and people were looking at me like, well, you don't have like a, you know, a, a big station back in like a BET or MTV or some of the large stations, because now when you talk to people about something like that, they know that you can get on, you know, your cell phone, an iPhone or an Android and make a show. It wasn't like that 20 over 25 years ago, you know, and so for me and our team and our crew to who uh, worked on the program to say, we're going to do it anyway. We don't have all of that. And to make a name for ourselves was huge. So once again, it goes back to that confidence being built in that arena also helped in this arena to be able to say, I can do anything. I really have the mindset that I really can put my mind to and with faith and, and you know, with blessings uh, from God, I can do anything that I want to do. That's awesome. And I really appreciate you elaborating on that experience because it is very important for all professionals to know that um, you really do have the opportunity to have a lot of different experiences and to really enjoy and learn and grow along the way. And um, sometimes you have to do stuff that maybe people don't anticipate you doing and that's okay. Um, because the journey is all about the journey. And so I really appreciate you sharing that story. That's one of the reasons why we were so excited to uh, work with you a few years ago. Um, now I want to um, 
let you give us a lead pro tip. This is going to be a segment that we're going to have on our episodes moving forward. And okay. I really want to look at the current climate. Um, and again, this is the lead pro tip. And mm -hmm. we really want to look at um, the fact that during this interview, we're in a very interesting time during um, in history right now. Um, please share how your lead strategy is influencing outreach and communication in the time of COVID-19, economic turbulence, and the protests, are, and just some of the discussions that are going on around racial injustice. Yeah, that is, wow, let me tell you, um, it is definitely an interesting time to be a leader and I really believe that, you know, during times of challenge um, and complexities, you really get to see the strength of a leader and the ability. Um, you know, they say, be ready so you don't have to get ready. And I am thankful that I've had experiences and um, had time in my leadership to be able to, because during this pandemic, you know, this hit pretty quickly and we had to pivot immediately as a leadership. And we had to make sure that our staff were safe, that our um, program participants are safe. And, you know, being safe from an invisible enemy is no joke. Um, and so we wanted to make sure that everyone um, was safe in, from a physical health perspective, but we also have to look at the economic turbulence that you mentioned. Um, at the end of the day, I've said this and will continue to say this, no money, no mission. So as mission driven as I am, if there is no money, if there is no money coming into the program, we cannot complete the mission. And so it was important to make sure that we maintained our programming in a safe way. And we've had to work with our human resources team and our programs and our COO and everyone to ensure that we're still feeding people. Our housing programs are still intact. We actually set up new programs because our um, early childhood the education began a long distance um, learning program that we provide food every day from 9 to 12 for people to do a drive up and pick up in a safe way. We provide diapers. We provide so many things. But also, after we started dealing and kind of leveling with the um, you know issues around COVID-19, then we had to deal with the fact that as a leader, um, the racial injustice issues that became very evident with the death of George Floyd and many others, Ahmaud Arbery, and looking at how those issues impact our community, looking at how they impact our staff. And, you know, it was funny, I did a, a Facebook video, and, and, and I believe it was also on other social media, that really um, got shared quite a bit. And it was right after, um, you know, the um, killing of George Floyd. And I said, as a leader, you have to say something. People are so uncomfortable talking about race, race and race-related issues and racial injustice. We've been taught not to have those conversations. Some people haven't. And so when it's time to have that discussion, people don't know what to say at times. But I was like, if you are a leader in this time and you're not saying something, even if you're saying, I'm not sure what to say, but I know we need to discuss or talk about this in terms of the impact to the employees who had seen that after that weekend, I've told people that they were being an ineffective leader. And what I meant by that was that you don't have to know the perfect thing to say, but if you cannot even acknowledge 
that that experience impacted the people who witnessed that, the families and the community that has gone through challenges around racial injustice over the years, then you are denying a part of their existence. You cannot expect productivity from people who don't think you care. And caring can be simply at least saying, you know, I know we have this call, the Zoom call today. I want to at least address what has gone on in the community, what has been shared on the news. Does anybody have feelings or conversations? And then you get to, you know, other levels of conversations and looking in your organization and looking at making sure that there's equity and, and fairness. But for me, with COVID, with the racial injustice, you have to be ready to pivot. You need to be ready to move. You need to be able to walk the talk and it goes back to you being an authentic leader. I can feel confident that our organization is doing the best we can to keep people safe, healthy, dealing with the, the issues of the day, as well as making sure that we continue to improve. No person or organization is at a place where they're like, oh, we're done, we're good. It needs to have continuous um, you know, upgrades, um, need to look at everything, need to assess and say, how can we do better? And so leadership is challenging during this time, but I also feel like your team and the ability to come together shows the strength in this moment. And so I'm thankful to be put you know, uh, feet in the fire because our team is, is living up to what we need to do. And it's a time that, you know, we can't, you know, go backwards from, we have to move forward and grow from it. Thank you so much for that. I know that's going to be so beneficial for our audience members who probably are having to, you know, deal with some of these circumstances themselves. And it's always great to hear how other people's perspectives, um, help to inform how to get this done because there a lot of people are trying to figure it out and so it's mm -hmm. so great when you have a strong foundation um like you said of being authentic of being confident of knowing how to communicate these are very important um, things that you know really have um been a part of this conversation i really appreciate you making sure that those things are at the forefront of this conversation and again the point of this podcast is to think about leadership in terms of how can i personally grow personally be my authentic self and still be accountable and get work done and um, so that's why this lead um, concept is so important to me and i know it's important to a lot of people because it really does give us a chance to look inside empathize with others, advocate, and demonstrate that leadership every day. I really appreciate your specific um, information about how you're leading through these tough times because it really is important to keep reminding people that it's ongoing. It's not just a one-time thing. It really is a process that we are in right now. So I really appreciate that. And so um, one thing that I, I want to just really quickly, I just wanted to say that, you know, in leading during this time, it also involves listening. It is important to listen to your staff, your team members, give them the space to just breathe for a minute and share how they feel. We had a couple of very emotional moments where we had conversations with our leadership teams to just really talk about what they were feeling like dealing with the stress of the pandemic, dealing with the issues around racial injustice. And we had some tearful and, 
and real direct conversations that allowed people to um, share in a way that allowed them to know that we were in this all together and this was a team working towards um, a common goal. So listening is very important. I didn't want to overlook that part. Yes, that's very important. Um, you really can't lead effectively lead people that you don't really care about. And part mm -hmm. of that connection is knowing what they're going through and being able to connect. And yeah. I know from working with you and from all that you shared today that it's important. And that's why it was so important to have you here as my first guest, because I knew that we would be able to demonstrate um, effectively how what you're doing is connected to some of these overall leadership principles. So I really appreciate your story, your time. Um, we'll probably have to talk again so we can even know more about your experiences, especially with some of the uh, your book and your life story as well. So we'd love to have you back in the future to talk about that as well. Thank you. I'd love to come back. Perfect. Perfect. Um, well, thanks so much for joining me today. Um, let the listeners know how they can follow you and learn more about your work. And also let us know how we can support your efforts at St. Anne's. Well, yes. Um, you know, in terms of uh, St. Anne's, you know, we're at stannes.org, www.stannes.org. NNES.org. And um, you can follow me social media personally, um, Lorna's Corner.com, L O R N A S Corner.com, and uh, Lorna's Corner on Instagram. So I would love to, you know, have an opportunity to dialogue. I, um, once COVID is kind of over, hopefully, I will be back out in the community and doing my, um, you know, um, opportunities to have my, uh, you know, sessions where I'm going out and doing these speaking engagements and getting back on that. And, you know, I do have an idea uh, for um, another book that I hope to be coming out with, um, you know, next year in terms of really my experiences around the foster care arena and how um, we need to really look at that from uh, another lens. So I'm looking forward to that. That's awesome. That's great to hear. We know that our audience can follow you and get a lot of great insights um, from what you're doing and also be able to support. So thank you again for your time. And uh, we're going to get ready to sign off. So thanks again, Lorna. Thank you. And take care. And I um, want to thank all the listeners for listening. And thank you for having this um, ability to have this format. And congratulations on completing your first episode. Thanks so much. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to the Lead Your Way podcast with creator and host Kimberly Wicker. Each episode, Kimberly teams up with a special guest to share their stories and to celebrate our various strengths as leaders. We hope these warm, engaging conversations will help professionals tap into their unique communication styles and personalities to lead and succeed. Don't forget to subscribe, get more information, and learn how you can share your lead story at leadyourwayconsulting.org.